good to be here this morning. I've uh, been blessed already with the singing and the, the Sunday school lesson. Um, it's good to be here and um, spend the day with Dwight's as well. But um, I didn't keep going into detail on that airplane flight. But yeah, so <clears throat> he was um, in our church last summer, and he agreed to do that if I agree to come here. So. I guess I'm here. <clears throat> so one thought that was given in the uh, Sunday school class about um, obedience and how if the people wouldn't have given for the priests and Levites um, as God commanded, they wouldn't have obeyed, um, how would it have worked? And it wouldn't have worked. And um, that's kind of um, clicks into uh, my message this morning and uh, message of obedience. <clears throat> obedience, the meaning, is the act of obeying, the act of, or practice of following instructions, um, complying with rules or regulations, or submitting to somebody's authority. Um, and i the first to admit that obedience does not come naturally. To us as mankind, it, it just doesn't um, doesn't come naturally. We do require obedience from our children, um, children who learn obedience at a young age, um, can easily or it's easier for them to obey God um, later in their lives when they when God starts calling them. <clears throat> God requires obedience from us, um, and does it always make sense? Well, it doesn't for me, always. But you know, our commitment to God, um, because of our commitment to God, we obey, regardless, you know, if we don't understand. Um, God has God has rules, God has um, regulations in the Bible. And uh, we, my goal is to, to follow those. Um, God has written out um, a standard, and we want to follow that. <clears throat> In September 2012 issue of The Timely Truth, Marvin R. Wise makes this statement about obedience. Obedience is a virtue that must be learned, cultivated, and practiced. Um, obedience doesn't come automatically. It must be learned. We have to learn and practice, cultivate. <clears throat> the best time to learn um, obedience is at home when you're very young. I've talked about this before. But children, when trained consistently by God-fearing, obedient parents, can learn obedience at a very young age. As children grow up in this environment, they are better equipped to obey God when God begins to call them. Okay, for the first scripture reference, we'll um, be reading in 1 Kings 13 and be looking at a few examples of disobedience and maybe some consequences of um, disobedience. Um, 1 Kings 13 and also um, 1 Samuel 15 is another scripture reference um, down the road here. 1 Kings 13, we'll read the first 32 verses. 
And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David. Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests of the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not pull it in again to him. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be, may be restored me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand was restored him again, and became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so was it charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. And he said unto him, I am a prophet also, as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as he sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back, and hast eaten bread, and drunk water in the place of which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread, and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come unto thy sepulchre. Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy fathers. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread, and after he had drunk, that he saddled him the ass to wit. For the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass, and behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. 
And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God, who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him and slain him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. And he spake to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass. And they saddled him, and he went and found his carcass cast in the way. And the ass and the lion standing by the carcass. The lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God, and laid it upon the ass, and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid his carcass in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And it came to pass, after he had buried him, that he spake to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the sepulcher wherein the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the city of Samaria shall surely come to pass. <clears throat> now I don't um, know all the implications of this passage. But I do know um, there was disobedience here. I'm not sure why God told the prophet that he could not eat and drink or drink in that place. Um, I'm not sure what the reasoning was there or why. But it was a direct command. It was a, the word of the Lord that came to the prophet and told him that. <clears throat> You'd think everything else that happened should have convinced him. Why would he go back on it? Um, the king's hand withered and was restored again. The altar falling to pieces just as he said it would happen, just as God told him it would happen. But there was one thing that he didn't do, and that is going back and eating. Sometimes we wear out, I guess. Maybe he was wore out. He was tired of fighting for the truth, tired of fighting for the right. Sometimes we get tired physically, emotionally, spiritually. And it seems like our tired state of mind weren't able to continue to say no, as the prophet did. Say no to the pressures around us, the pressures to leave the godly principles that we uphold. The man of God was tired. He was sitting under an oak. He's obviously hungry. The pull of the hungry stomach was greater than the pull to obey the word of the Lord. Hopefully that's not our case today. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Galatians 6 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Hebrews 13.5 Let your conversation be with, without covetousness and be content with such things as ye, as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Psalm 94.14 For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. Galatians 3.1 O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. And in Galatians 5, 7, Ye did run well, 
Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Now, I should have said in the beginning here that I did not, or Dwight did not tell me that you are a disobedient church. Just, yeah, I have no idea what's going on here. So don't um, think that I'm pointing fingers at you. But who or what is hindering you from obeying the truth? Who or what is hindering me from obeying the truth? Um, how hard is it to obey the truth? <clears throat> we have many spirits in our world today. Things that are bombarding us and telling us maybe things aren't as wrong as they used to be. Sometimes we aren't satisfied. We look around and we see others doing things that may look so glorious. <clears throat> our satisfaction should come from knowing and believing and serving our wonderful Redeemer. Not on our stuff. Things that others do. A dissatisfied spirit can be vulnerable to false spirits. Okay, I'd like to read First uh, Samuel 15 as well for another example of of disobedience. First Samuel 15, 1 through 23. <clears throat> Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Emelech did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Emelech, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them and tell them, two hundred thousand footmen and ten thousand men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Emelech and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go, depart, get thee, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For he showed kindness, for ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest ashore that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep and of the oxen, and the fatlings and lambs, and all that was good, would not, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused, and they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, he was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and has gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, 
They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until thou be consumed, till they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. It seems like such a simple command. Was Saul paying attention in verses 1 through 3? I'm not sure. The command was to utterly destroy the Amalekites and all that they had. How hard would it have been to kill the animals compared to the people? The people had swords and bows. Um, the only thing the animals had was their legs to run away. Uh, maybe they were penned up. I don't know. Um, did they get tired of fighting? Um, did they see did they see dollar signs when they seen all the cattle, all the animals? And blamed it on um, making a sacrifice to God with the animals <coughs> for not killing them. In verse 19, uh, the word obey in the Hebrew means to hear intellectually. Often with the implication of attention. So, when we, when there is a command, when there's something told, we're told to do something. If we don't pay attention, um, we not might not be able to fulfill that. And I'm not sure if Saul. Um, I think he knew very well what he was supposed to do, but somehow, um, deep in his heart, he didn't have. The desire to do enough of a desire to do what he was told, to 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 deal that out to the Amalekites. <clears throat> if we're going to pay, obey instructions, we're going to need to pay attention to detail. And um, my brother and I just started a business in April, and um, construction business. He was in a different state, and I was in Minnesota, and he moved here, and we started together. And looking at building plans, looking at the details, makes a big difference compared to not paying attention to the plans. And um, 
if if we don't pay attention to those plans, we build something and it's not what the customer wanted. Um, it's not good to do that. Um, but if we think of obeying God's commands and not paying attention, there's a lot further, deeper consequences. <coughs> How does God view disobedience? Uh, in verses 22 and 23, he, he rejected, um, he, well, the rebellion is a sin of the witchcraft, but it, rejecting him as king, that rejected word rejected means uh, to spurn, to disappear, abhor, cast away, um, despise, disdain, loathe. Um, so disobedience... Um, that describes God's um, kind of what God feels as dis- at dis- disobedient people. Um, he does not not appreciate it at all. Here are some reasons why people might have a hard time to obey God and their authority figures. The first one is lack of commitment. Lethargic Christianity, um, just a lack of commitment to what God wants us to do. Number two is a lack of personal time with God. Um, the lack of godly fellowship um, is not high enough on our priority list. Um, time with God and fellowship with godly people, how high on our priority list is that? <coughs> And then the saying, well, God doesn't do anything for me, therefore I'm not going to obey him or my authority. Um, Not close enough relationship with God to realize how much he has done uh, for us. Number three, lack of faith in God. If we lack faith in God, we're not going to want to obey him. Um, As our faith grows, our desire to please God and to obey him grows as well. In the uh, Timely Truth, April of 2017, Raymond Horst from Lewisburg, Tennessee writes um, in his article about accepting Christ and being acceptable to God, he says, A life of obedience and holiness must follow faith. So our faith in God, um, we accept Christ, our faith grows, and obedience and holiness must follow that. Lack of faith equals lack of obedience. When our faith is strong, we'll desire to please God. If we desire to please God, we'll also desire to obey Him. I had to think of a few uh, children's songs. Um, I'll just read them. The first one is, uh, I will obey the first time I'm told. I will obey right away, never asking why, never with a sigh. I will obey right away. I will obey right away. And then, um, obedience is the very best way to show that you believe, doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. We want to live pure. We want to live clean. We want to do our best, sweetly submitting to authority, leaving to God the rest. 
Walking in the light, keeping our attitude right on the narrow way. For if we believe the word we receive, we always will obey. Okay, a few consequences in not obeying the truth. I had to think of Adam and Eve. You know, they had the perfect environment. They had everything that you could ask for. They were living in ultimate freedom, ultimate environment, only one simple command, don't eat of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. They had everything else. You know, we as humans think that if we just have one other thing or one something else that we're looking at, if we just have that, um, things would be really good. One simple command they couldn't obey, Adam and Eve. And look at all the consequences they faced and everyone else down through the ages. The man of God in 1 Kings 13 was killed for his disobedience. The Lord rejected Saul from being king because of his disobedience. A few verses here, Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocketh at his father and despises to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagle shall eat it. 2 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 10 which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe in that day. 2 Thessalonians 3, 13-15 But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing, for and if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. All authority levels still need to be obedient to God. Just because you hold a certain authority level doesn't mean that you don't have to obey anyone else. We all have someone above us, except for God. Number one, children are to be obedient to parents. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians 6 1. So, children, obey parents. Number two, uh, we are to be obedient to civil authority. Romans 13 1 2. Let every soul be subject to be under obedience unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Number three, where to be obedient to the church. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. 
as they that must give account, that, may, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for th- that is unprofitable for you. Um, there are people that watch for your souls. Um, that is the, the ministry. Um, we are to, supposed to, um, watch for our, our people. Um, watch out for them. <coughs> And we'd like to do that with joy and not with grief. And everyone should be obedient to God. 1 Peter 1, 13-16 Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. <clears throat> Being obedient children, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lusts. Okay, looking at the ultimate example of obedience, um, Christ demonstrated obedience. Number one, Obedience to his Father was his primary goal. John 4.34 says, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. And John 6.38, For I am come down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. His primary goal was to do the will of the Father. Is our primary goal to do that as well? Is our primary goal to do the to do the will of the Father and not our own will? Number two, obedience to his Father was learned through suffering. Hebrews five eight, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. I don't like suffering, I don't know about you. We can learn we can learn a lot through suffering in in humility through that suffering. Number three, obedience to his father involved personal sacrifice. Who likes personal sacrifice? Who wants to sacrifice? I could have <coughs> shut my alarm off this morning and went back to bed. But I didn't. Um, personal sacrifice. Philippians 2.8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, I wasn't putting death away this morning. But he gave his own life for us. He was obedient unto death. <clears throat> How committed are we to being obedient? Are we going to be obedient unto death? Why is obedience so important for the believer? Obedience will protect us from the consequences of wrong decisions and actions. Proverbs 19, verse 16. He that keepeth a commandment keepeth his own soul, but he that despiseth his ways shall die. Keeping commandments keepeth, keeps our souls. 
Obedience will produce a solid foundation against the difficulties of life. Luke 6, 46-48 And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house, and digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood rose, and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Let's not build our lives in the sand of material stuff, because it will fall flat. But when you build your life on Jesus Christ, um, that solid foundation will stand the test of time and the test of any storm that you might face. Obedience is essential for spiritual growth. If we desire truth to be revealed to us, but we aren't obeying the truth we already know, um, we're not ready for more truth. If we are... If we are obedient to the truth that we know, uh, we are ready to receive more truth and also be obedient to that. Um, If we don't do what we know, um, God will not reveal more to us. And now some rewards of the obedient. Um, James 1.25 But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. First John 3.22 And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. In Revelation 22.14 Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. In review, <clears throat> obedience is the act of obeying, the act of practice or following instructions, complying with rules or regulations, or submitting to somebody's authority. God requires total obedience from us. A life of obedience and holiness must follow faith. Obedience is a virtue that must be learned, cultivated, and practiced. The price tag for disobedience is more than you or I want to pay. When our faith is strong, we will desire to please God. When we desire to please God, we will also desire to obey Him. My challenge to you today is, as children of God, let's pull together and be doers of the Word.